Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. It means that working in life, you're going to be led to spend some time with the Lord. Make allowance for time for prayer, time for the Word. Get, a, get alone with me. Get up and do that. How many got, no, no raise your hand, but how many of us find that battle where your spirit is saying, get up and read, get up and pray. And your flesh is saying, I want to lay down for 10 more minutes. I want, I want five more minutes or whatever. That's a battle. Um, that may, for some of us, that may be the first battle you have to win. Is a, is a battle where the spirit is saying, hey, get up and spend this time with me. The spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he talks to you about the constant spiritual warfare that believers face each day. When you put your trust in Jesus, you're going to be a target for the enemy. No student is greater than its teacher. If the enemy tried to tempt Jesus, he will try to tempt you. Pastor Bill encourages you that the more you listen to the Holy Spirit inside of you, the better you will get at following his voice. Listen and be led by the voice of God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 5 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. You live in your flesh, but you're born again of the Spirit. Amen? And so there's a war. There's a fight. They're going at it. They're, they're going to have beef until you go to heaven. And so we need to learn how to be on the winning side of this because there are believers who their flesh is winning. Their flesh is, is whooping their tail. But we're here to help. We're going to get that bully put in his place today. You know, that's we want to identify it for what it is. We want to identify, man, this is these are manifestations of the flesh. This will also do another thing. If you are here and you are under the impression that you are a believer, but you are not, this will also make that clear. Why would God do that? Is that mean? No, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the nicest thing God could do would be to identify, help you identify that you're not where you think you are so you could get right. And so um, look, at, look at Galatians 5 and we're going to pick up at verse 16. Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, and this is one of those places in scripture where there's a command with a promise. Paul says, I say then, in, in, in response to everything else I've been sharing with you guys as a result of the other things that I've been speaking, he says, I say then, right? In response to all that, Paul says the command. The command is to walk in the spirit. I'm gonna come back to that and explain what that looks like and how do we do that? Walk in the spirit. The promise is that if I am walking in the spirit, if you are walking in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so first, let me explain what it means to walk in the spirit. That word walk means to it, it means to make one's way to progress, uh, to make due use of your opportunities. And this is a, I like to give working definitions. So that, that helps me out a lot. When you're walking, you're making progress, right? If you're a person, if I'm a person that's walking in the spirit, then what should be happening is that we're making progress in the spirit, that we're making spiritual progress in our lives. And we're looking backwards and we've made progress. We're not in the same spot. We're not going backwards. But in fact, I'm, I'm not done yet, but I'm better than I used to be. And that's what we're looking for in the spiritual life. God isn't calling us to be. You're not going to be perfect. No one here is perfect. No one here has ever been perfect and no one will ever be perfect. And so I hope that puts some of y'all at ease right off top. You know, they, you're not going to be perfect, but 
we do, we, God does have an expectation that we would make progress. And so when he says walk in the spirit, that means there should be consistent, steady progress in your spiritual life. Now, how does that specifically happen? The spirit of God lives in you, lives in me, if you are born again. And the spirit of God will lead you. He will convict you. He will, I mean, God will, he will speak to you. He will reveal things to you. These are all the things that the Holy Spirit does. And I want you to be careful not to be calling the Holy Spirit an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's, it's the third person of the Trinity. There's God the Father, he. God the Son, he. God the Holy Spirit, he. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's doing, if he lives in you, he's going to do these things. He's going to convict you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you into all truth. That's what he does. And so this is what it is to make progress or walking in the spirit. It's walking according to what the spirit is speaking, is saying to us. It's a day by day thing. It's different than, um, I guess, the, when you look at, if I were to compare it with the law. The law is all these rules and regulations that I can read them and I can try to follow them and keep them. And I can try really, really hard and make really strong commitments and do my best. The spirit is more as I get up today, a fresh day. Lord, help me. Lord, you know that my flesh is weak. Lord, you know that my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. As I get going through this day, fill me with your spirit. Empower me. Strengthen me where I'm weak. Lead me, Lord. Lead me and guide me. When I pray that God would fill me or, you know, by the spirit, I'm also saying, God, I'm going to obey and follow where you where you direct me. And so as I get up for the day, um, the spirit probably um, if, if he's on, if he's at working in life, you're going to be led to spend some time with the Lord. Make allowance for time for prayer, time for the word. Get a, get along with me. Get up and do that. How many got no, no raise your hand. How many of us find that battle where your spirit is saying, get up and read, get up and pray. And your flesh is saying, I want to lay down for 10 more minutes. I want I want five more minutes or whatever. That's a battle. Um, that may, for some of us, that may be the first battle you have to win is a, is a battle where the spirit is saying, hey, get up and spend this time with me. Get up and, and, and sow into your spiritual life um, at this time or whatever. And so on and on throughout the course of the day, there are going to be times through the course of the day where somebody does something and your flesh wants to react one way. And the spirit is saying, man, let that go. And you got an option right there either to let that go, yield to the spirit or you can join. You can get in the flesh. You can do it. I was out yesterday with my son, got a phone call from somebody, um, and I normally don't answer calls from an a unknown call, but I thought sometimes my dad blocks his number on accident. You know, I thought it might be my dad, so I picked it up, and it wasn't my dad, it was another guy, and we started talking, and uh, he, got, he got a little a little elevated in his tone. I said, hey, bro, bring that down, because I don't argue with men. I've, I've told y'all that before. I said, hey, bring that, bring that down. I said, when you talk, I'm going to listen, and then when I talk, you're going to listen. We'll have a conversation. I gave him one warning. Second time, he went, oh, I said, hey, bro, I'm going to let you go. Talk to you next week. Bam. And he, he's like, we don't have to terminate the phone call. I said, I'm, turning, I'm terminating the phone call because I got a couple options here. Either I join you, become just like you, because the only way to have a conversation with somebody yelling is to yell louder than them. I'm not willing to sit here and let you yell at me. I'm a grown man. So I could just click. <laughs> now we're all done. Back to my son. We're having a good time anyway. So um, those are the kind of choices where, you know, my flesh may have wanted to Take it up a notch. I can't afford that. I don't want to be in the flesh. It was Saturday. It was a beautiful day. I want to be in the spirit on Saturday, you know? So as you go through the day, my point is, moment by moment, the spirit is there. He's at, he's at work. And we want to get good at yielding to the spirit. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. Just like we're going to see walking in the flesh is letting your flesh demand that you do whatever it wants and just yielding to it. And so 
He says again in verse 16, I say then the command, walk in the spirit, the promise, and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Verse 17, he identifies this internal war. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. And he says this, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And he's saying, look, there is a battle. And I, Paul is saying, I recognize there's a war inside you that the flesh lust. That word lust means we usually think of lust in a sexual connotation, but it just means a strong desire. Your flesh has a strong desire to do the wrong thing. It lusts. It fights against the flesh. And it's not a weak fight. It's not soft. It's not. It's a it's a strong uh, battle. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit of God inside you is lusting. It's fighting strong against the flesh. And so both are inside of you, right? You got flesh and spirit and they're both battling inside you. I would like to think that I could just do nothing. And since God is greater, that God would just beat the flesh and I would win all the time. But it doesn't work like that because we're we're in play. We participate. And so one might say, well, how do our parts? How do I participate in that? It's, I got flesh and spirit. They both are alive inside me. They're fighting like it's not my fault if my flesh is always winning. Right. It's not my fault if the spirit's always winning. I would just I want you to know that nobody in here spirit is always going to be willing just because whatever one is winning, whatever side of this thing is winning, you played a part. And I love that Paul is teaching it because Paul taught this also in Romans. I want you to write down in your notes, write down Romans chapter seven. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verses 18 through 25, but also in Romans chapter six, verse 18, he says, um, having been free from sin, uh, he says, I'm sorry, Romans 6, verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one slaves whom you obey, rather of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. It's who you yield to that you become a slave to. And so I can yield to the spirit and, you know, be a slave, a servant of the spirit of God, or I can yield to my flesh and be a servant to my flesh. It's whatever I yield to that will ultimately win out. We probably have all heard the analogy that someone says, you know, well, if you put two dogs, you know, same type of dog, two pit bulls, and same pedigree, same size and everything else. And they're going to fight. You know, they're going to have a fight. You know, which one's going to win? And they always say it's the one you feed the most. And when it comes to our spiritual life, that that is a great analogy because it's what I feed the most is going to be the strongest. My buddy in New Jersey um, he had a Rottweiler and uh, he said they bought this Rottweiler, came from the breeder. Uh, the dad was just huge, big, strong dog. And so they had it as a puppy and it was it was coming along. It just was looking like a nice dog. And then they had to move and all these things happened. So they gave the dog to someone else. Um, whoever they gave the dog to um, let it go. And somebody else got the dog and the dog ended up living in some abandoned place. And uh, I think a few years later, uh, they had the dog chipped when they got it. So whoever they had, let the dog go. And so it was a few years later, uh, the, the pound called and said, hey, your dog uh, showed up. We picked up your dog. Um, you know, it's, it's chipped to you. You guys come pick it up. We haven't seen the dog in a few years, so they went to go pick it up. It wasn't the same. It hadn't been cared for the same way that the rest of its mates had been cared for. He saw what that dog could have looked like, had properly cared for because he saw the parents. But what he saw three years later was this is what that dog looks like, just deprived of good nutrients and everything else. And so what can happen to our spiritual lives? You could be looking at a person's life who 
Maybe they spent three years in church and they've been yielded to the spirit and walking with the Lord and growing in their faith. And you're looking at a person's life and it looks dynamic. It looks amazing. It looks they look like a new person. What God's doing in their life. But you can look at another person. They've been at the same church for the same amount of time, listening to the same studies. And but their life is no better. It's no further along with the Lord. It's not really anything appealing about it. It's not a witness to the world. It's like, what's the difference? It's what we're yielding to because you could be coming to church. And sewing, listening, but not really, you know, we're only here for, you know, an hour or so, hour and a half on a Sunday. You got you got the rest of the week. You could be. I don't know what y'all sew in over the course of the week, but it does matter because the Bible says that whatsoever you sow, what happens that you will also reap. What you sowing in is going to make its way out. And if you're sowing in garbage Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you show up Sunday for an hour and a half and get some word in you. Um, I'm just going to tell you that's not enough. You got to be sowing to the spirit every day. You need to be in prayer and the word every day. You want to be building up your spiritual man every day so that he's strong uh, because you are at war. And my flesh lives here, but um, I don't know if you guys, I, I love to see a bully put in his place. I love to see someone that was previously a bully, used to, used to always kind of, I, I love to see those kind of people just humble. And it's put just put underneath I, that. That's something that in, in my in my time growing up as a kid, I never liked to see other kids bullied. I still kind of like to see somebody that's a bully just get put in their place. Like just, I like to see the humble look on the face of a man that you know now 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 maybe you'll stop doing that to poor people because bullies pick on people that don't even want it. You know, I hate that. Um, when I think of the flesh, the flesh is like a it's, it's a bully. He's been there your whole life. He knows all your weaknesses. Always trying to take you down the wrong path, always warring against the work that God wants to do in you. And for most of us, we can look at stretches of our life where man, this thing just ruined my life. It ruled me. It was robbing me and killing me and moving me in the rod. As I yielded to the flesh, I was dying. And God is saying, do you want to go ahead and take care of that? Can we go ahead and get you in a place where you can overcome this? Um, let me move in. Let let me teach you how. And it's better than what you think, because remember the context of Galatians. We've been talking all about the law and legalism and how that doesn't get us where God wants to go. Many people are thinking that it's what I do. God's going to teach us right here that the way you overcome the flesh, it's not through doing anything. It's through yielding. It's through saying, God, I'm going to yield to the work of the spirit who's already greater. I already have something in me that's greater. I just have to yield to it. I just have to let God have it. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a kid that's a. A big kid, big and strong, but he's soft. So he gets bullied all the time. And you look at him like, man, if you just could, if you just could harness the power that you do, you, you don't even see what you are. If you would just, you would just, if, if we could put a different mind in your body, you would be all right. You know, I've seen that before. Where's a kid like you're huge. If you just be a little more confident, you know, you wouldn't be taking bullying. But, you know, you got to get someone to connect with what they have inside of. And that's really what it is in the spiritual life. What you have in you already greater than the flesh already more than which everything that you need to be victorious you have it but you got to tap into it and it's not going to be by works it's not going to be like you don't have to work really really hard this isn't going to be a message that says you you guys got to hunker down and, and really mm, strain you really just have to yield god i'm gonna i'm gonna surrender to you i'm gonna yield to your spirit in my life like never before that's how we're going to get to a place of victory now i said i was going to read a section of romans um, Romans 7, you can write down 18 to through 25 as Paul explains the same battle that he's talking about in Galatians. 
It says in Romans 7, starting at verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells for to will is present with me. That's to want to do the right thing. But how to perform what is good, I do not find for the good that I will to do. I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do that I practice. And maybe some of you guys have experienced that. I mean, the good I want to do, I don't do it. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. That's the that's the internal battle happening in the life of people that are born again. He says, now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. And he asks an important question. Who will deliver me from this body? Not what am I going to do to fix it? Not what 10 steps can I take to get over it? Who will deliver me from this body of death? And he answers it. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself will serve the law of God with the flesh, the law of sin. And so he says, I thank God Jesus is going to be the one to help me. And it's Jesus who has offered to you and I the Holy Spirit, knowing that we need help, knowing that we need strength that we don't possess in our natural. And so moving on in Galatians. So he says. Verse 17, again, he says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And so, again, that's the, the net result is when the flesh is winning, you don't do the things that you really want to do. Uh, you're inward man. You're not doing you're not living the life you want to be living. Verse 18. Now, there's a here's a contrast. But he says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. If a person is being led by the spirit and I want you to note this, that there's nothing that the spirit is going to lead you to do that's going to be breaking the law. So you're not under the law. You're under a different, whole different climate. I'm just led by the spirit of God. And so the law is not really a factor in my life. I'm not led by the law. I'm not under the law. I'm being led by the spirit. But if a man is led by the spirit, you're not going to be a law. You're not going to be breaking the law. You're not going to, the spirit's not going to lead me to murder. The spirit's not going to lead me to lie. The spirit's not going to lead me to steal or to commit adultery or to bear false witness or to covet someone's goods or to be an idolater. The spirit will never lead me that way. The spirit's going to lead me in a way that honors God, that glorifies God. And so what I could do instead of looking at all the rules and regulations that the law would have me try to keep to be a lot easier if you just be led by the spirit because there are places that the spirit will never lead you. There are places the spirit of God will never encourage you, lead you or take you. And if you if you can learn that, if you can learn to live a life that's yielded and led by the spirit of God, you can be where you need to be. You can be right with God without the burden of law keeping. And that's really the relationship God's trying to bring us into. I want to be led by you. And I'm, I'm yes, I know the word of God, God's spirit and God's word work together. So the spirit's never going to lead me where the word, you know, d- disagrees. But if I can just be yielded to the spirit of God. There's a freedom in that. There's a, there's, a, there's a liberty and a freedom in being led by him. And so moving on now, he says, uh, verse 19, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. And that word evident, that means they're clearly seen. So the, the works of the flesh, the outworks, the, the outward manifestations of a person that's in the flesh, they're clearly seen. And so if someone's in the flesh, he says, it's not hard to see. These will be the manifestations. These things will be produced from their lives. I'm going to go through this list. 
There are going to be things on this list that you may look and say, as a Christian, oh, I've done that. And I want to make this clear because as we come to the end of the list, Paul says, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the thing is not, these are things that maybe as a non-believer you lived in, possibly as a Christian, you may possibly struggle with, even have stumbled in at times. But if these things be for you a way of life, then you need to be you need to be concerned today. If we go through this list and you say, wow, that's that's my whole life. That's how I get down on a regular. Then again, it's a it's a it's a solid warning that things aren't right. And so moving up, look at the verse 19. It says so now the works of the flesh are evident, which are and I want to note the first four all are sexual in nature. The first one is adultery. That is unfaithfulness in the marriage relationship. Adultery is a person that is married, that has relations outside of their marriage. You're an adulterer. It's also a person that's having relations with someone that is married. You're an adulterer. And so uh, rather you're cheating on your husband or wife or you're involved with someone that has a husband or wife. Either way, that's adultery. And if that's the way that you're living, the Bible would say, look, if, if you live adultery as a lifestyle, then you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Um, that can't be how you're living. And so I warn pe- people that are single and they're dating somebody else. Um, there are people that are married but broken up from their marriage, but they haven't been divorced. They're still currently married. If somebody's married, but they don't live with the person that they married with and don't acknowledge the relationship and don't wear a ring before God, are they still married? Yes. So you can't be messing around with married people. Right. Um, fornication. Next on the list. Fornication is simply uh, an unlawful sexual intercourse. Sex while not being married. So if you're not married and you're having sex, that's fornication. If you do that as a lifestyle, you're a fornicator um, who will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Again, like I said, with all these things, there, there could be things that people have fallen in or stumbled with or challenged with as a believer. But if this is a lifestyle, if you're a fornicator and this is how you get down, you practice this then you can't inherit the kingdom of God. And there are people that I know that feel like, you know, like, like it's just okay. I'm going to read these things. I'm gonna, we got a few other places we're going to look at, but the word that says is, that's not okay. Uh, uncleanness is moral or evil. Sensu- it's, it's a sensual evil. Things that will fall under the, the line of uncleanness would be uh, things like pornography, other illicit sexual things that are, that are outside the confines of what God Allowed. This is sexual uncleanness. Um, last one is lewdness. This is shameless conduct uh, involving an absence of restraint. This would fall in line. There's somebody that strips or reveals themselves. It's a it's a shameless, lewd lifestyle. Again, any of these things done as a believer. I mean, you can't, as, as 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 a practice, God would say you can't inherit the kingdom of God. So you mean a woman can't be a stripper? And be saved, you know, or guy or whatever. And I, I mean, I'm saying this and we're laughing, but there are people that are like, no, you, you can. That's just my job. And it's like, no, not as a Christian. Get another, go to Starbucks, find something else to do, sell cars, do anything else, but don't do that. And so, again, and I want to be clear, my heart is not to condemn anybody. God gives his word to reveal what is so that we can line up with him. And so if I, if I, there was a time in my life where I would have read the first two things and I'd have been guilty. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to heaven. 
That's where I was. That is exactly where I was before I got saved. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul fought against the Judaizers who were trying to make the Galatians follow the Old Testament law after they had been saved. Paul presents an eloquent and passionate argument about the purpose of the law and the finality of being saved through God's grace. In chapter 5, verse 1, he says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Paul reminds the reader over and over that when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he had provided for our salvation once and for all. There is nothing else we need to do to be saved. There is nothing else we can do to add to our salvation. It's all been done for us by Jesus. Thanks for joining us today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been making his way through the book of Galatians, and together we're learning so much about God's incomprehensible grace. God's grace is so amazing that it's a message we have to share with the world, and you can join us. We have two ways for you to give. There's online giving on our website, calvaryinglewood.org, or once you're on the website, you can download the mobile app and give from there. Once again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, check out all the great resources we put together for you, including our daily Bible reading plan. Well, we're coming to the end of our time for you today, but don't worry, we'll be back again. Be sure to join us next time for another great message right here on A Transforming Word.